You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, today's crossover Thursday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast is presented by Pepsi. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. We began our preparation for this divisional matchup against the Jags a little bit early on the Locked on Titans podcast this week. Yesterday was Rewatch Wednesday. I went over all of my rewatch notes from the Titans' Week 2 victory over the Jags and their most recent showings with Mike Glennon at quarterback. So if you missed any of that, make sure you go back and check that out. But today, we will continue our preparation in advance of that matchup by having our crossover conversation with Tony Wiggins from Locked on Jags, one of the most knowledgeable guys you could possibly find to inform you about not only what the Jags look like right now, but what they might look like in the future. And that was a big point of focus for us today in this crossover conversation with Tony Wiggins. I wanted to get his take on what he thinks the future of the Jacksonville Jaguars should look like. So a present and future conversation for this crossover over talk with Tony. So excited to get into that conversation with you guys before we do. As we always start our Thursday show, going to bring you the first injury update of the week and it brings some additional news that I am excited to share with you about a specific Tennessee Titan finally getting back to practice. So you won't want to miss that update. We're going to dive into the injury report and a crossover Thursday conversation with Tony Wiggins. Let's get it. We got the initial injury report for both teams, the Titans and the Jaguars on Wednesday. So let's take a look at how those initial injury reports look. And for the Tennessee Titans, it's much more promising and much more optimistic than the injury report the first of the week looked last week. We have only three Titans who did not participate in Wednesday's practice. And those players were cornerback Breon Borders with a hip injury, wide receiver A.J. Brown with an ankle injury, and then starting right tackle Dennis Kelly with a knee injury. As for A.J. Brown and Dennis Kelly, they have both been dealing with injuries throughout the season. Of course, A.J. Brown had the bone bruise in his knee that caused him to miss a few games earlier in the year. He's been getting Wednesdays and Thursdays off for quite some time now. Same with Dennis Kelly, who's been dealing with that knee injury throughout what feels like the entire season. So I wouldn't be too concerned about A.J. Brown and Dennis Kelly not practicing. This seems like the typical routine and typical trend for them. As for Breon Borders, though, that is a new injury, and 
and it's something that is noted in reports that it is a a, a decently significant hip injury. Doesn't look like they're ready to rule Breon Borders out for the week at this time, but is someone to watch and someone who we should have some healthy concern about missing practice. Then there was a slew of Tennessee Titans who were listed as limited. We had center Ben Jones with a knee, guard Roger Saffold with an ankle, tight end Jonu Smith with a knee. Nice to see Jonu Smith getting back out onto the field. Of course, Ben Jones and Roger Saffold have been dealing with those injuries and managing them throughout the year, but Jonu Smith missed last week, so him getting back on the practice field on the first day of the week, and even though it's limited, is still a very good sign. And then rookie running back Darrington Evans, who was just recently activated off injured reserve, was a full participant dealing with that long-term hamstring injury, so nice to see him be completely full back at practice. There was another Tennessee Titan who was listed on the injury report as limited, but limited is quite the step up from not practicing. And that is cornerback Adoree Jackson. And that name has been a polarizing one throughout the season as a lot of people have grown frustrated or lost hope with his inability to get back on the field with the Titans. But the timeline is as such. The Titans converted or picked up Adoree Jackson's fifth year option in the summer, which means they're going to pay Adoree Jackson next year about 12 to $15 million based on his draft spot. So, that's a very good sign, a vote of confidence for Adoree. Well, he gets hurt late in the quote-unquote preseason period, goes on IR to start the year, doesn't play for the first half of the year, is activate or is designated to return off IR, designated to be activated. That gives you a 21-day window to return the player to the active roster where he's able to participate in practice. Unfortunately, it seems like Adoree suffered a setback during that time. He went from limited practice to no practice for weeks, has not played yet, but getting him back on the practice field on Wednesday is definitely a great sign. The Titans could certainly use Adoree Jackson in their uh, miserable secondary at this moment in time, and if on borders injury is serious then they'll need him more than ever another roster move to talk about that isn't necessarily injury related on Wednesday the Titans placed rookie offensive tackle Isaiah Wilson on the non-football reserve list Uh, basically he's going to be done for the year they're just taking him off the active roster not making him worry about playing. It's very concerning, very upsetting, very disappointing, the list of maladies that he's gone through this year. And if he's unable to get things back on track at the beginning of next season throughout training camp in the preseason, unfortunately, the Titans will have to, at that point, consider moving on from their first-round pick from 2020, a colossal miss by GM John Robinson at this moment in time. Of course, we do need to mention Wilson could always rebound, turn his career around, and get back on track in his second season and it remains to be seen. As for the Jags, they only had two players not practice. That was center Brandon Linder and tight end Tyler Eifer. Uh, Their relatively clean bill of health at this point in time in terms of the players on the active roster, so we will continue to monitor injuries on both sides going through the week. 
And speaking of both sides, that's one of the best parts about these crossover Thursday conversations. You get to hear both sides of the game upcoming. You get the perspective from the Jag side. You get, of course, my perspective with the Titan side, and you get to intertwine those. And then when you add in two personalities like mine and like Amp Wigs, you gotta expect a great conversation. And that's exactly what you're gonna get. Of course, we do talk about this game in the second half of the conversation, the first half, I mostly focus on what Tony thinks the future of the Jacksonville Jaguars will look like. So we are going to jump into that crossover Thursday conversation next. Before we do, I want to tell you guys about the best workout gel on the market, and it comes from the guys who make the best protein bar on the market. It's our buddies over at Built. They have the Built Go workout gel that makes you the best you at whatever you do. Every day, everyone has a mental or physical wall that they have to break through, and you can do it with Built Go. It comes in easy-to-take 1.5-ounce packages, easily go in your briefcase, your golf bag, or even your pocket. It's like a five-hour energy, but without the same crash feeling you get. It's like you drank a monster energy drink, but with a third of the caffeine and better results, and it's natural, so it's better for your body. The Built Go workout gel combines with collagen protein to to promote joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. The stuff literally makes you look better. And it's packed with a ton of other good stuff to ignite your day as well. Beta alanine, B3, honey, that kick of caffeine, 10,000% of your daily value in B6 and B12. So make sure that you visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Once again, use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Well, we are here for our second crossover conversation between the Locked On Titans, I am Tyler Rowland, and then Locked On Jaguars, Tony Wiggins, one of my uh, favorite guys in the entire network to talk to despite being a division rival. So excited to dive into this conversation with you. First off and foremost here on the Locked On Titans podcast, we are a fan of dogs. And uh, Tony, I know that you had uh, one of your favorite friends there had a birthday today so happy birthday lexi first off and foremost thank you man that's my baby man that's my little nemesis i call him my little killer my hitter my shotgun rider <laughs> my food taster uh that dog uh yeah I, I i joke about this but i think she might have saved my life i used to be a little bit too high strung and uh, had to see a cardiologist about 11 years ago and he actually told me to get a dog i had 16 employees five kids a beautiful wife, but I was always real, real high strung and uh, bad tempered, told me to get a dog, man. And uh, I got that dog. And and believe it or not, I wasn't really a dog owner uh, growing up. I thought dogs were just protectors that stayed outside. And uh, that dog, if you look on my, my Twitter, there's a picture of her. And that's the way she looked at me every day. That dog takes my socks off every day when I come home and never asked me for anything. But all all it wants is just to look at me and make sure that I'm all right. So that's my girl, man. She's 10 years old. Uh, recently found out she has glaucoma in one eye. But she is. Uh, I appreciate you mentioning that, man. You know, I'm yeah. a big old soft dude. I, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm supposed to be a hard dude from the concrete jungle, from the inner city of 
West Jacksonville and Southeast DC, and then you got me looking all soft here. On, on I, had program, man. I had to yeah, do man. it. I had to do it. You see, you see behind you. Soft, you know? I know it. Yeah, right? yeah. It was a setup all along, but let's dive into that, I man. Obviously, the Jags aren't having a great season, but in my opinion, there's a lot of hope in Jacksonville. I think when you look at the available jobs uh, that are going to be out on the market this year, I actually think Jacksonville with a patient owner and, and con, and then you have the draft capital that they're going to have. I do actually like some of the pieces on the team, especially I do like what you guys got going on on the offensive line. So uh, what's the general temperature in Jacksonville right now? And how are you feeling about what they might be able to do in this offseason and kind of turning things around? Well, it's one of those things. If you if you pay attention to the NBA, remember when the uh, 76ers amassed all of those draft choices? Yes. And then they ended up getting all of those players. Yes. Now, it hasn't quite manifested yet into victories, but they are at least relevant. So yes. that's kind of what Dave Caldwell, who got fired a couple of weeks ago, that's kind of what he did for this franchise on his way out the door this year. And uh, what everyone around here hopes Shot Khan does is do a quick, clean sweep. You got rid of Dave. They hope Doug Marone is gone. Trent Balky, mm-hmm. who was the assistant GM, is not an interim GM. They hope he goes too. They don't want any remnants of anything that was associated with this franchise for the last mm-hmm. – six or seven years. They want a clean sweep. They want everything to be started over. They want fresh, new identity and new blood to come in. And the thing you mentioned, patience. He's been criticized for that. And now we can turn it and sell it now as patience and use it as a a, a reason that as one of the things that enhances the job to draw somebody in. It was considered nonchalance before. It was considered, hey, you're too slow to pull the trigger to change this. People thought this should have been done two or three years ago. But now that it's been done now, we can turn it into seller this patience to where everybody else thought it was a little bit of nonchalance and moving too slow. We can now say, okay, it's patience, and we can use that as a selling point to draw somebody in here and say, look, he's going to give you all the resources that you need. He's also going to be patient with you so there's no rush to really build this thing and get it going. So you're right. It's an attractive position. Is there anybody in particular? I know I'm kind of putting you on a spot. Don't have a list of candidates in front of you, but anybody in particular that you're interested in as a maybe coaching candidate, if they move on from Doug Marone, which I I think that they should. And uh, obviously the Jags are going to have one of the maybe first pick, second pick, but is there any quarterback in college right now that you like more than the other prospects? Or is there any combination of people who you would like to see them end up with if you had your choice? Good question. My choice is... Uh, Ryan Day, a combination of Ryan Day and Justin Fields. That's because realistically, mm-hmm. Justin Fields is probably going to be the number two pick, and that's where the Jaguars are locked yes. in right now. I don't think the Jets are going to lose. I mean, win. They were right, close right. the other day. They were close. but That was their chance. That was their yeah, chance, that, and Greg yeah. Williams gave uh, yeah. Adam Gase a parting gift. Right. So I don't want a combination of Trevor Lawrence and Dabo Swinney, but I would take a combination. Of, I See, I like Ryan Day. I, you know, I'm in a minority a little bit. I think you, you go for the CEO. And people mm-hmm. saying, you know, a guy like Ryan Day won't leave Ohio State. You don't leave a big job like that in college because those big jobs in college at those top five schools is just as good as an NFL job. I think if you're young, you can leave because even if you're not successful in the NFL, you can go back a la Nick Saban. You can always yeah. go back and get that big job again. Mm-hmm. But there's a rule of, of thinking around here. A lot of people, it's split. Folks want the uh, young play caller. But people are seeing the success of the Shanahan's and the McVeigh's. So right now, the hot name for a lot of fans is Joe Brady. For me, I, I like Joe Brady. I, I really do. And I think, you know, being under Sean Payton and now being under Matt Rule, 
sure, he's learned and he's seen how it's supposed to be run. I'm just not with the young play caller. I'm not with the guy that sits in the office and dials up play. I think this organization needs a CEO. I think there's been a lot of misdirection. I think there's been a lot of too much experimentation, if you will. They had a first-time GM, a first-time head, a GM, a first-time head coach with a first-time owner for the last seven years. And that's what the problem has been. I think what you need now is a guy who's run a big ship before. Uh, Ryan Day, Ohio State is a huge ship. Yes. I think you need a guy like that who's a one voice, accountability type. There's been too many situations in the last few years where we didn't know who did what. Nobody knows who picked Leonard Fournette and didn't take Deshaun Watson. Nobody knows who did that. Nobody knows uh, who was really mad at Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey says four people cornered him up in a closet in Houston. And nobody knows who refused to give Yannick Ngakwe that last little bit of money to, to keep him off the free agency market and not demand a trade. Nobody knows who did it. Tony Khan was going back and forth with him on Twitter. But nobody really knows who was the, who was the guy that made all of these decisions. You know, Dave Caldwell got the blame for it because ultimately, ultimately he was the GM. But Tom Coughlin had final say on a lot of stuff. So nobody knows who did anything because Doug Marone was at the press conference saying, I don't have a problem with Jalen. And maybe somebody else needs to come down here and answer questions. That's the kind of stuff that needs to go away. That's the kind of stuff that needs to go away. You need to know and understand who the boss is and what the direction is. And I think by getting a big ego, accountable person where you know where the buck stops, that gives you also a direction and it gives you a person who can answer the questions. Yeah, and I think it's a perfect time for them to do that, too, because things are kind of stripped down right now. It's not one of those times where you hire in that veteran coach who's going to take you from good to great. They're starting at the bottom. You get to kind of build the type of team and the type of culture you want. So I think I agree with you there. They need somebody who's led a big-time culture like that before to kind of instill that. Similar to you talked about Joe Brady, who's offensive coordinator of the Panthers, similar to what the Panthers decided to do when they went and got Matt Rule. They took a chance on a young college coach who clearly had the ability to establish a culture at a big-time school, and you're going to have a lot of young guys on this Jags team anyway. I, I think that's a great idea. I wasn't even thinking about Ryan Day. I was thinking about different coordinators. I think that's a that's a really smart move for the Jags, obviously, one of the reasons that uh, you were one of the most trusted and wise members of the Locked On Brotherhood here. Uh, we are going to flip the conversation, and, and Tony's going to ask me some questions about the Titans. We'll probably talk about the game a little bit more, but this is the last opportunity that I was going to have to talk to Tony here from Locked On Jags before we get into the offseason. wanted to make sure to get all of his opinions and all of his analysis of what the Jags should do going into the future. So we are going to jump into the second part of our crossover Thursday conversation. Before we do, want to tell you guys a little bit more about Pepsi. This football season will be different and thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents. Fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different. Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi.
All right, welcome back to Locked On Jaguars, Locked On Titans crossover here on a Thursday. I got my man Tyler Rowland on with me, and uh, we got to be reminding you guys that a future program here on Locked On Jaguars and Locked On Titans and the Locked On Podcast Network, Fan Fridays. Fan Fridays is always here for you guys. I know I answer questions on Locked On Jaguars uh, with the hashtag Fan Fridays, uh, where I give you guys a chance to ask me questions, and what I do is I answer them with that hashtag. And it basically gives you guys a chance to ask me questions and run my show. You are the program directors for that day. And we also have great programming, Locked On NFL, every single day. So subscribe to Locked On NFL on the Locked On Podcast Network, where we have guys from the Locked On Podcast Network who have shows every single day because it's your team every day here on Locked On uh, Podcast Network and Locked On NFL. Tyler Rowland, Tony Wiggins. I'm going to ask Tyler some questions here uh, from Tic Tac Titans with the Locked On Podcast Network. This is my man, man. This is my man, 20 grand, man. He he took on Jaguars Twitter a few months ago, and I warned <laughs> him, and, and I told him they were the king trolls of, of the internet, and even though they beat us in that game, I told him, I said, don't do it. He 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 texted me. He said, Wig, you were right. Didn't you? you, you yeah. You, you admitted. You said, they something else, man. I said, I know it. So you loved it, and you were a good sport about it, man. But we, we win at that game, don't we? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's a good time. I like the passion first and foremost. I'd rather have a a Jags fan in my mention who cares about their team, wants to come back at me a little bit, engage a little bit. I I enjoy the fun, man. I like to get into the fire. Now you get burnt every now and then when you dance in the fire like that, but man, it's all it's all part of the game. It's all part of the game, and I like playing it. So uh, that's why respect yeah. respect for Jags Twitter. But uh, come at the boy, and I'll come back. Yeah, but that's what I tell people, man. When folks think that the fan, the fans are somehow responsible for lack of support <laughs> for this team, I tell them y'all right. are crazy. Y'all are absolutely. Imagine if this team starts winning, mm-hmm. because the, the, our fans are tremendous, and you guys have tremendous fans too. So I have to ask you, how are you guys feeling? Knowing first of all, you were at an all-time high. I got to tell you that I'm with James Rapine uh, from Locked On Bengals. We do a national show on Wednesday. It's out mm-hmm. today, as a matter of fact. Well, it was out yesterday. I bragged on you guys because the way we feel about the Titans is the way you guys feel about the Colts. And you guys went up to Indianapolis two weeks ago and you beat. When y'all were winning that game, when y'all got in the 40s, I said, I thought about you. I said, Tyler Rowland is somewhere doing, uh, he's doing cartwheels. He's doing Mm -hmm. cartwheels somewhere in Nashville. Because not only are they beating the Colts in Indy, they're embarrassing them and and Mm -hmm. they're whipping them. And, I know he feels good, so I went talking about it. But the thing, the problem when I do that on that show is I have a history of jinxing people. And lo and behold, the team that had just left Jacksonville that we didn't think was very good because they only beat us by two points. Right. They come in there and they whoop you guys. <sighs> and they get into the 40s. And, and they they mollywop y'all. So I'm mm-hmm. sitting there thinking, like, what is going on, man? How could y'all yep. come out there and play that way against the Titans? I mean, against the Browns. I, I don't I don't have a lot of great answers for you. It was a malady of errors at the beginning of the game that just led to an avalanche, a brown avalanche at that. Uh, not snow rolling downhill on the Titans last week. Y'all let you guys fill in the blanks of what I mean, though. But uh, the big problem with that is you may have jinxed us, but I was helping you, too. I was pushing the jinx along. I, I felt... I watched that game against uh, the Browns, the Jags versus the Browns. I watched it very intently, and I felt 
that the Titans were going to roll the Browns. I talk, I never talk like that on my podcast. I don't normally feel like that either. I think the Titans could very well lose to the Jags this week. I don't think that that's out of the realm of possibility, but I felt very confident with the way that the Titans and the Browns matched up against each other, that the Titans could really handle that matchup. And it went the total opposite way. Baker Mayfield played his best game since his rookie season when I basically said he was a scrub all week. So me and you, our combined jinx powers clearly is enough to affect what's going on out on the field somehow, some way. But it's really mostly disappointing because you're right. After that win against the Colts, it's like, wow. This Titans team is finally ascending out of the middle. They're out of the muck of all the teams that are jumbled up in that mid-tier in the NFL. They're up with the Steelers, the Chiefs, the Saints, the Packers. They're one of those teams now. No, they're not. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're still right in the middle of the pack with everybody else. They're not a tier above. And the biggest disappointment about that is it's the defense that's letting them down. And while, in my opinion, Mike Vrabel is not a defensive coach. He's a CEO type coach. He's a leader of men. He's a organizational guy who can delegate and have good coaches underneath him. He didn't hire a defensive coordinator this year after losing Dean Pease to retirement. And I don't care what he has to say. And while it is execution problems with the Titans defense, Defensive players, it's obvious that the coaching has suffered, and it's obvious that he can't run a defense while being a head coach at the same time. So it's unfortunate that as an organization, that decision was made to let them down. And because of that decision earlier in the year, the Titans are, as I said, they're just one of those middle teams who can beat any team any week, but lose to any team any week. And that's the big lesson that I got from that game against the Browns. And that's probably the most disappointing lesson to be learned of the year when you had hopes that maybe the Titans really were a, a Super Bowl contender. But I think after a game like that, it's hard to consider them in, in, in that way. Where are you guys in terms of the playoffs, in terms of controlling your own destiny, you know, and right um, with the with the games that are left with Baltimore winning last night? What do you guys have to do to make sure uh, that you at least have a shot to get in? Well, no matter what, the Titans do control their destiny in the AFC South. Can I say this too? It's something I got to give some credit to Ross Tucker, who is an NFL analyst, former NFL player, but he says this all the time. Control your destiny doesn't even make sense because destiny is predetermined. You can't Mm. control your destiny anyways. That that saying is very prevalent in our culture, especially in sports, but it actually doesn't make sense when you think about it. But I say it all the time too, so it's just one Mm -hmm. of those cliches we use. But uh, uh, the Titans control their path because they are three and one in the division right now. They've only lost to the Colts one time. They've beaten the Texans and beaten the Jags. So the Titans, if they win the rest of their games, then they are going to have a better division record, five and one, than the Colts who are four, who have two losses in the division. So that's one to us and then one to you guys in week one. Thank you very much, Jags. I appreciate you guys. Mm -hmm. So if the Titans and the Colts both win the rest of their games and have the same record, the Titans will win the tiebreaker for the division based on division record. So that will be, that's why this game is so important for the Titans to wrap this game up and to take care of business against the Jags. But when it comes to the wild card, things get a little more hairy there because the Dolphins have a better AFC record than the Titans by win percentage right now. They're five and three. The Titans are six and four. 
the Raiders also are five and three in the conference in the AFC, and the Titans are six and four. So both of those teams have a better AFC record right now, even though the Titans have a better overall record than the Raiders by one and are tied with the Dolphins. And then the Browns have the head to head tiebreaker and the AFC uh, conference record tiebreaker. So if the Titans don't win the division, they're going to be in a tough spot, and I would say if they don't win the division, they end up as the last wild card, which I actually don't think would be a bad spot because then they'd get to go to Buffalo and play the Bills, and I think they can win that game. But yeah, the Titans are basically either going to win the division or be the seventh wild or the seventh seed in the last wild card spot. So Greg Williams' uh, gaff, and some people are saying it wasn't a mistake that Greg Williams is just that stupid, but his I, I've heard both yeah, parts. It's, right. it's believable. So it has more ramifications than just the Jaguars draft choice. It has ramifications because if the Raiders lose that game, that gives you guys more breathing room. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, it has league-wide ramifications. So um, for this game this week, you, you say you're not surprised. Now, I will say this. The Jaguars have played tough. The Jaguars had a good first half against the Steelers. The Jaguars lost by two points to Houston. They lost by two points to Cleveland. Both times, they're trying to tie the game at the end of the game. They actually were able to tie the game this week at the end of the game against Minnesota, who's mm-hmm. currently a playoff team. You know, So yeah. th- those other two games I mentioned, they were going for the two-point conversion at the end of the game, which they shouldn't have been in that position because the only reason that happened was because early in the game, they went for they went for two when they shouldn't. So then they they went for two. They had They were in a position where they had to go for two to make up for not kicking the extra point in the first place mm-hmm. way early in the game when they shouldn't have been doing it. So this last time it happened, they actually made the two point conversion and went into overtime. They've been playing people really, really tough. And, you know, with this being a rivalry game and them thinking that they can probably ruin something for you, the Jaguars can actually win a game and still maintain that number two position in the draft. Mm-hmm. So if there's an incentive for them to to win without wrecking anything in the future, the one team that they want to beat is you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And quite frankly, I think that they have a good shot. One re- or a couple reasons why. From the Jacks' perspective, you guys have really good speed wide receivers who catch the ball well downfield. Uh, Chark, Keelan Cole, Chris Conley has a problem with drops, of course, and yeah. Chenault can even get down the field. So, and Tyler Colin Eifert Johnson. was Colin Johnson is Colin Johnson is emerging. You're right, the big guy from Texas. So you guys have vertical threats who can get down the field and win jump balls. Those are the exact kind of wide receivers and the exact kind of routes that give the Titans cornerbacks troubles. So Malcolm Butler wants to come downhill. He wants to press you, be in your face. He doesn't want to go downfield 30 yards and cover a jump ball. That's not what he wants to do. The Titans' safeties are better coming downhill and being aggressive, not going backwards. The Titans' entire defense is better coming forwards than going backwards, and that's a dangerous thing, probably why they're one of the worst defenses in the NFL. So I think the Jags' wide receivers' talents match up perfectly for that. And while I think Garner Minshew is a better quarterback overall than Mike Glennon, Mike Glennon's arm strength and ability to push the ball down the field and his height to see over the line, I think that lines up better with a vertical passing attack than what Minshew brings to the table. So Mm -hmm. if you use that vertical passing attack, which I've noticed the Jags have been taking shots downfield early and often, and I think that it takes advantage of their skill set. So you combine that with the fact that they have a good offensive line and can run the ball out of shotgun and the Titans are terrible at 
stopping the run out of shotgun. Um, I think that there are some really good avenues for the Jags to take advantage of the Titans defense. The Titans are going to score on y'all. They score on everyone pretty much. That's just what it's going to be. But if the Jags offense can keep up like they did in week two, Who's to say that a ball goes this way, that way? The Titans got two turnovers in that game against you guys, two interceptions. If you flip that around, get one interception on Ryan Tannehill, get a strip sack against that, you know, the soft spots on the offensive line, like left tackle. Who's to say that the Jacks couldn't pull off this victory? And like you said, they want to beat the Titans more than anybody else. They're feeling good, even though they're losing some games. And, uh, you know, anything can happen in the NFL, especially in division. I'm really worried about this matchup for the Titans. All right. So, I think it's going to be one of the most entertaining games of the year because it's mm-hmm. always a, a fun game. But I'll set you free a little bit. The offensive line that have been playing well the last fuck, a few weeks, they haven't been. Those tackles, Robinson and Taylor, they've been getting abused. Yeah, by, the interior the interior is really right. what I love with Linder yeah. and Norwell. And they have been playing well against the run. But one of the things that we've been spotlighting is, and you're right, all of them were playing well early. For some reason, Jawan Taylor – has regressed the last two weeks. And mm. it's a concern because that was a spot that moving forward, you, you right. were talking about things that the new GM could really like for some reason, man, he is, it's like, he's got, he's, sta- he's standing in quicksand and I don't know if he's dead legged, but we'll see. And, right. and I think, I think that's where Landry and those guys hang out. So we'll see, man. You know, I think it's going to be fun. I think it's an entertaining game. I think Tennessee's going to pull it out, man, but always, man, good talking to you and good talking to your fans, man. And I, I love mm-hmm. talking to, and you know what? This might be the last time we officially talk on a crossover, but I'm gonna reach out to you. We're gonna talk. We're gonna talk again because I ain't, I ain't gonna I ain't gonna wait until August to holler at you, man. We're gonna do yeah, this yeah, for that. sure, for sure. We have to, yeah. All right, man, Tyler Rowland, man, I appreciate it, man. Tyler Rowland with Tic his Tic Tac Titans and uh, really at Tic Tac Titans, yep. yeah, 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 absolutely. All right, man, locked on Jaguars, Tic Tac Titans, shop talking wig is my name on on Twitter. Holler at me, man. We appreciate it, man. And uh, we'll see you Sunday, brother. And you know what? We'll go back. We'll start tweeting back and forth. We're going to tweet the game. Absolutely. I'm in with that. Take care. All right, man. Always enjoy those conversations with Tony from Locked on Jack. So I hope you guys enjoyed that crossover conversation as well. That's going to do it for me today, though. Remember, folks, the NBA season is right around the corner, the shortest offseason in American pro sports history. And I am excited for my Los Angeles Lakers to repeat. But there's also a lot of great storylines in the NBA this year, including the Memphis Grizzlies, who have a very young, exciting team as well. So make sure that you check out the Locked On NBA season preview. They're going to go through all 30 teams to get you ready for this upcoming season. I'm very excited as well. And if you are a Grizzlies fan, make sure you check out Locked On Grizzlies. Heck, check out the Locked On show for whatever NBA team you enjoy. So especially my guy Mark King over at Locked On Grizzlies though, that is my guy. So if If you got that Tennessee love, make sure to check out his show. And if you don't like the NBA, it's a great time to latch on to a young Grizzlies team with some solid players, including Ja Morant. You won't be disappointed by the way that he plays basketball. But as I said, that's going to do it for me today. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titan.